Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! Hello, hello, hello! It's Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday for reals. Like, for real, for real. Today is National Taco Day. And I thought, hey, that's cool that they do National Taco Day on Taco Tuesday. Then I read more. It doesn't have to be a Tuesday to be National Taco Day. It's always on the 4th of October. Then I got even more curious and decided to research it. The last time National Taco Day fell on a Tuesday was 11 years ago in 2011. Wow. This is the last time it's going to happen this decade. So you got to celebrate big tonight, everybody. And when I say National Taco Day, there's not a lot of people that have strong opinions against tacos. Tacos are pretty good because you can switch them up, right? They're not, sure. It's not the same for everybody. You can slap down those ingredients and tell everybody... There you go. Assemble your own dinner. And you know what? If you don't want to have a taco, you could have a taco bowl. Just the ingredients with no carbs at all. If you do like the carbs, hard, soft, however you want it. Mm -hmm. You want to throw some some fucking cilantro on there, you go right ahead. Yeah. You actually brought up an interesting point today on our radio show. There are some people who have like a mental deficiency. But it's a problem with their brain. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we should call it a problem, but yeah, it's like 50-50. It's like when you talk to some people, they hate cilantro. There's people listening here. They're like, ew, how could you like cilantro? It's gross. So they've actually done studies on this and something in the brain will trigger you to make it seem like cilantro tastes like soap. That's like 50% of the population. For me, no. Cilantro is great. I I have no problem with cilantro. My brother-in-law, for example, don't put that near his plate. He will gag. He will vomit. So... That's the that's one of the brains that that happens to. And we talked about it this morning on our FM radio show as well. And same thing happened was a couple of people saying, yes, that's what it tastes like. It's soap. So that's something in your brain telling you. That's weird. It's and so I, strange. I right? wonder if that works with other things, because yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the honest to God truth. I have friends that love a good IPA beer. Mm-hmm. To me, IPA tastes like soap. I'm grossed out by it. I don't yeah. understand why people like drinking IPAs because I do get that soapy taste. I wonder if there's something that just different people react different ways, like a, a one particular sensor on your tongue or right. something like that. Yeah, that's all it takes. And for some for some things, yes, it's a matter of getting acquired to tastes. But sometimes for some people, IPA is probably one of those for you because you probably tried many times, right? And then just, it I, doesn't happen. I want to like it. Yeah. It's just I can't. Every time I drink it, it tastes like soap. See, and, and every time I drink soap, it tastes like beer. weird thing right (laughs) what a strange thing but yeah there is something to it look up that study if you're curious and i'm sure there there are other foods to answer your question i'm sure there are but cilantro is one of those ones that pops up so many times or more often than others Uh, i'm gonna run through a whole bunch of stories real quick and then we're gonna get some fun stuff because what's in the news is not necessarily fun but it's stuff you need to know so we'll start off with this uh, Marco Mendicino, that fucker, <laughs> uh, federal cabinet minister is going to be in the hot seat because he's one of the people who's going to be called to testify at the inquiry into the use of the emergencies act. Now, Blacklock's independent reporter, they charge you to use it. They do really, really good unbiased reporting. And Blacklock says they've uncovered documents that show Marco Mendicino backdated some key documents in an effort to mislead a federal judge. 
Oh, and that's, I assume that might be illegal. Judges hate that. When well, you is it them? illegal though? Like, yeah. I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I figure, uh, I figure as much. That sounds pretty fraudulent. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. That's Blacklock's reporting. Okay. It's not mine, but right. uh, good on them if they've uncovered this story. Trudeau has to testify. So does Christian Freeland. They all have to go in front of the inquiry. We haven't had an inquiry like that since Paul Martin was prime minister and the Gomery inquiry was on. So this is going to be huge. I literally cannot wait to watch it. When does that start? Uh, I believe it's just getting started now. Okay. But different proceedings you'll be able to watch on like CPAC and stuff like that, or you'll be able to stream them. Gas is going up 10 cents a liter tonight at midnight. It is the the (laughs) biggest single day increase in over a decade. Uh, Dan McTagg, I saw him doing an interview yesterday, and Dan pointed out, he said, you know, it's not uncommon anymore to see a 15 cent increase over two or three days. It's rare to see 10 cents all in one shot in one day. 10 cents a liter makes a big difference. For the average car, that's an extra five bucks to fill your tank tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If you drive a truck, it could be up to 20 bucks more Mm -hmm. to fill your tank. It's crazy how much more they think we've got to pay. But this is all part of the problem. It's the economy, right? It's the economy, stupid. It's the economy, but the weird thing is is that it, it could drop, too, at, at big big um, decreases, like, randomly. Like, oh, and then it's down six cents. Like, how does this make sense? Like, I'm really confused. Well, they say in this case it's some refinery in Western America that is down, and that's cut output by, like, 30% or something like that. Mm. Frankly, I think it's all a lie. Yeah. I don't believe them when they come up with these all of a sudden supply chain issues where they have to jack up the price. Let's be honest. We had low gas prices for two years during COVID when we couldn't go anywhere and they're trying to make back that profit and they're doing it off of our backs and they're not the only ones. I don't understand why there hasn't been a federal inquiry yet into grocery stores. Do you think... Galen Weston is one of the richest men in Canada. Yeah. Grocery store prices are out of control. Well, we do know some of that. See, and I think some of that is legit. When you talk to some of the producers, the farmers, the distributors, you name it, that are involved in the grocery store chains, their supplies down. In a lot of cases, their staff is down, which is still like I'm trying to figure out how that works, but okay. Um, so it's harder for them to produce certain items. There are some items that are not on the shelves as much anymore and some items that are there but yeah the price has gone up but it is like that across across the board uh depending i mean it's still surprising to me that i can go and and pay an exorbitant amount for a bag of ontario grown apples but then i can get a pineapple that got flown in from costa rica for 2.99 bananas have not changed either but have you noticed like bananas are still pretty like decent is it just our stuff that went through the roof when it comes to pricing because i don't understand and and Frankly, some of this shit, I, I don't understand how it got affected by inflation, but mm-hmm. it seems like everything across the board is up substantially, and I think it's worth looking into because Jagmeet Singh, leader of the federal NDP, he seems to be suggesting that this inflation that we're experiencing is nothing more than corporate greed. Any any stories they tell you, any fables, if you will, that, oh, well, it's because of this and because of that, and that creates inflation, and that's why the price is up, he's, he's implying that's not true. It's just corporations trying to take back some of the money they didn't make over the last two years. Do you remember what happened with the bread? The bread The scandal? bread fixing. Yep. And that was a Loblaws specific sure was. situation. So um, there is a little history there, so I totally hear you on that. I remember the case, and for those that forgot, they basically fixed the price for bread across the board. So no matter what, you're paying a certain price for bread, 
and different companies offered relatively the same price and it was kind of fixed. They did admit to it. And basically anyone who claimed that they bought bread in the, in the last year or whatever, whatever it was, got a $25 gift card or something from Loblaws. So it wouldn't be the first time that they would do something like that. But the thing is, even when you go into like a, a store that you usually save money on, a basics, let's call it, let's go with food basics, right? Sure. Sometimes you go in there, it's great. You know, you're going to get a decent price. Even there, I mean, the inflation is there, but I, I do find it hard to believe that I can pop into a Sobeys and then a and then a Basics or a Walmart, whatever, and the exact same item. It's all like Driscoll's fucking raspberries. It's all the same thing, and one is four dollars more than the other one. And I'm not talking about sale prices. I'm just talking about like regular prices too. It is strange for me. It's a strange one. I don't understand how we can't just be even across the board and honest about it. Something's up here. Because if it does cost that amount of money and it is costing the companies those money and they have no choice, we've already heard from dairy farmers, for example, of Ontario who said, we have no choice but to raise these prices. We know this is going to kill us like dramatically because people are going to be like, okay, I'm just not going to drink milk. Okay, I'm just not going to get cheese anymore. Okay, I'm not going to do this. And people are just making those choices. It sucks for them. And I, I truly feel like there are some industries that, that can't operate without raising those prices right now, or they're not going to have no items at all for sale. But I also, I, I do hear you. I think that there's some that are just using this inflation, using this as a price gouging uh, fix, basically. Got a couple more stories, and then we're going to talk about cheating. Is it cheating if... We have 15 scenarios to weigh in on. First off, um, police in Toronto, sorry, a Toronto man, and this is being dealt with by Durham police, his body was found in a hockey bag in a pond in Uxbridge back in the spring. And police are out asking for anybody who may have seen something, think about it a little bit. We're trying to solve the murder of Ariel Kaplan. They issued an appeal yesterday asking people to come forward. They believe Kaplan was abducted in Toronto after having dinner with acquaintances in Yorkville and murdered after that. So if I end the story right there, you probably think, oh, my God, what a horrible tragedy. Right. That's really strange. I mean, the guy was just out for dinner with some buddies and some way along the way home, he got abducted and fucking robbed and, and, and probably murdered and stuck in a hockey bag and thrown in a pond. It's terrible. There's one more sentence to this story that may change your perspective on it. Police added, evidence so far has not directly linked Kaplan to organized crime, but witnesses have presented that theory and police need to corroborate it with evidence. Oh. So people are coming forward saying it was a mob hit. The mob did it. It was a mafia thing. It was an organized crime thing. This and that. And the cops are like, yeah, we think so too, but we don't have any evidence to support that. So for now, we got to treat it like any other murder and investigation. And I'm sure, just like us, they've got to be careful. Well. I I mean, yeah. And apparently, wasn't it part of it to some of his um, friends and maybe family, whatever it was, came forward saying he was potentially into some sketchy shit. He he even had reason to believe something might happen to him. He feared for Is his own right? safety. Yeah, he feared. So, I mean, fearing for your own safety, but us not having answers as to why this person's fearing for their own safety, all to me adds up to uh, illegal activity going on behind the scenes. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else you could say. How do they deal with that, though? If I phone the cops and I think, you know what? I'm afraid for my safety. I have done some shady shit, and I think that there's people out to get me. Will they, like, put a cop at the end of my driveway to keep an eye on things? Like, how do they protect you? Or do they just say, 
I don't know, be extra vigilant and call us if something happens. Just from the amount of true crime I've, I've watched, I think that they would absolutely put you into protective as long as you have real information to give them. If you have substantial information, potentially evidence, something on your phone leading to something big, like, hey, um, it, it started with me saying I'm, ha- I'm falling hard on, you know, financially and this person saying, hey, I've got some stuff I want you to carry. And you have evidence of that. The police can use that. Anything that's usable is good. If you go with nothing, like, I don't know, I don't have a name, I don't have a number, I don't have anything, they're probably going to be like, okay, bud, go on, get out of here, right? I mean, if you're worth something to them, I think they would protect, yes. I almost feel bad doing that story. I just want to mind my own business when it comes to mob stuff. You should. Nothing. And you, alleged Everything's mob alleged. stuff. Everything's alleged. No, 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 Reportedly. No, 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 Allegedly. Business people. Final reports from Ontario's now defunct, thank God, science table warn that primary health care providers are going to shoulder the burden of COVID if no new variant emerges. The group of health experts also says medical care delivery in Ontario must be reconsidered. Kat, if you would have told me a year ago, Scott, in October 2022... You're actually going to agree with the Ontario Science Table. I'd say you're nuts, Callahan. Get out of here. They say primary care teams made up of doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and other community care workers Uh provide better care than solo practitioners. And there's a need for more health teams in Ontario. So basically what they're saying is, and it's a great idea, it's just not practical in the slightest. We all know how hard it is if you don't have a family doctor to get a family doctor. And even if you find one that'll take you, it takes a while to get to realize whether or not you like that family doctor, if they're accessible, if they know what they're talking about. We all go through a lot of shit. And when it comes to pharmacists, I think we tend to just go to whatever pharmacy is closest and deal with the pharmacist Mm -hmm. that works there. A lot of people go and get their drugs at shoppers. Not necessarily because they have a great pharmacist that you know, like, and trust. It's just because you want to go to shoppers, and that's the pharmacist that works there. Same thing with Walmart. There's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. that you might choose one. Sure. So knowing how hard it is to find a doctor and how indifferent people seem to be about having a pharmacist, what the science table here is saying is you shouldn't just have a doctor. You should have a roster of healthcare yeah. professionals that all talk to each other. So that if you go see your doctor and the doctor says, yeah, I'm a little concerned that uh, this person's got an infection. Let me phone the pharmacist and see what they say. And the pharmacist says, yes, doctor, I concur. But, you know, let's go to uh, talk Mm -hmm. to a, 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 a registered nurse and the registered nurse may be able to recommend some therapy or something before I give out some drugs. If everybody were working together for your health, you would probably be a lot better off. The problem is, in reality, in the current public system that we have, it's next to impossible to coordinate that. I can't get a hold of my doctor. I doubt the pharmacist phoning the doctor to ask about my blue and yellow puffer is really going to be on the doctor's mind. I switched to a family care team a few years back from, uh, I don't want, I guess I'd call him a standalone doctor. I wasn't a fan of him for a while and switched to a family care team with my, uh, my main doctor. However, it really does work as a team. And there's not enough availability for those. That's the problem. But let me tell you, it is an absolute game changer. You're right. Hey, I'm chatting with my doctor about this. And hey, I'm not sure. Should I be doing these vitamins or where am I at? Hey, let's call the nutritionist in. And it's literally as simple as that. Hey, we have an on-site nutritionist. Wait five minutes. You can chat with them. They're available. Here it is. 
Um, hey, pharmacists, same thing goes. And having that team of people, if you need a specialist, great. If they're not directly in the building, they're in one of the, there's a couple of buildings of the family care team. Hey, you're going to, you know what? We'll get you an appointment tomorrow at the other location where this, uh, uh, where this person is and we'll get you in. It works so well. And I, uh, there should be more of those. Absolutely. Go figure that the science table who must know how much they've worn out their welcome doesn't really talk about COVID in their final report. They were focused on the future of healthcare, not so much about variants and closures and lockdowns, because most of them are lockdown enthusiasts. We need to stop moaning. And, and that's not even what they went out on. Now, the Ontario Science Table, like I said, the now defunct Ontario Science Table, has been dissolved, and there will be a new group that is going to convene sometime this month. A new group. A new group. This is the one that it's going to fall under the Ministry of Health, though. All right. Not the independent guys that take over news conferences with wildly inaccurate graphs. We need to stop moaning. <laughs> like happened with the other science table. Inaccurate again and again. Peter Uni still gone? Yeah. Good. Yep. Thank God. Haven't heard from him. I feel better knowing that he that prick even... is somewhere in England. <laughs> I don't even think he sent a postcard. We need to change our attitudes. Former U.S. President Donald Trump suing CNN. Trump is seeking $475 million Whoa. in damages, Whoa. saying the network defamed him in an effort to short-circuit any future political campaign. Trump says he may also bring what he calls appropriate action against the U.S. House Committee that's investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol by his supporters. Hey, listen, you don't need to like Donald Trump. You could fucking hate Donald Trump. You could loathe the guy. If you've watched any CNN... In the last six years, you probably know there's a bit of a bias against Donald Trump. Now, I don't watch it 24-7. Did they actually slander him? Did they say something libelous? Did they go out of their way to make him look bad so that he really doesn't have a chance at running again in two years? I have to assume that's a likely possibility. Trump's not going to spend this much money suing CNN for half a billion dollars mm-hmm. unless he's got something good and he'll have the video. And this court case is going to be interesting because this is somebody finally putting the media on trial for their coverage. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. We'll follow that. Last thing is the education minister, Stephen Lecce, says he's disappointed but not surprised that the education workers voted 96.5% in favor of a strike to back their contract demands. These are the QP workers. That would be your ECEs, custodians, office workers, and things like that. Now, the union says their workers are on the brink of poverty after years of wage freezes and small increases to an already low pay. They say they can't afford to come down from their demand of an annual wage increase of almost 12%. this year, 12% next year, 12% the year after that, the year after, and so on and so forth. They say they can't come down. Meanwhile, the education minister says the union is moving toward a strike that will hurt kids while rejecting what was a reasonable offer from the government that also protects the most generous benefits and pension plan in the country. That's the thing, eh? The union likes to talk a lot about the hourly wage, but they never talk about the other benefits. All the other stuff? And, you know, that benefits package is fantastic. Holy cow, is that ever comprehensive. It covers a lot of stuff. And that probably should be factored in some way into your overall compensation, shouldn't it? 
I, I think so. I think all of the, th- those things are major benefits to why you take a job. That's a, that's a factor you should consider when you go into any career slash job, whatever it is, is all of those extra things, especially if you have a family. I'd say especially for those with a family. Well, we'll see where it goes. Basically, what I'm taking from this is he's almost sort of daring them. He's telling them without telling them. If you strike, we are not going to allow school to be disrupted. We are not going to allow kids to be sitting at home, parents having to scramble to get daycare because of another strike in the education sector. He's basically saying kids are going to be in school till June no matter what. And what can he do to guarantee that? Well, he's got legislation on his side. If they strike, he can legislate them back to work. Mm -hmm. If they don't want to go back to work, he can declare them an essential service. There's a lot of options that the government has at this point. Okay, I'd be interested to see how that goes. A lot of people aren't going to like that. No, they won't. But I mean, at some point, we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to do this every two years? Every two years, we have to get with the strike, the preamble. Oh, there's going to be a job action because it's some new level of low that the government is, is at for some reason. And, and it just keeps happening. And parents mm-hmm. are a bargaining chip. Kids are pawns. And frankly, it shouldn't be like that. Parents should just be able to know. If it's a school day, kids are going to school. Not have to open up the newspaper or check Facebook to see if the school workers are on strike. Having said that, though, I don't know that they would have to close the schools if these staff members walked. This it wouldn't be teachers. The ECE one was the only one that, that throws me. Um, the custodial staff, I think they could do contract work. I believe for- so. Um, the ECs would be the only one I would, I would be like, are they able to operate still without, depending on the amount of kids in a classroom. But I believe, I mean, if there's a teacher there, that would just be a handful for a single teacher, for example, they'd probably have to figure something out for that. There's probably supplies though at the ready. If you wouldn't, if you would think about that. As I understand it, there's quite a few in the system. What's going on with the virtual school? Is that thing still open? And is it still fully staffed in every board? Are we still doing that? I have no idea. Haven't heard a word about it, which I kind of like. Yeah, that's great too, isn't it? <laughs> when you think about it, that yeah, is good, I'm good news. Good with that. Uh, a couple other things: the Jays are going to have a home playoff series, first time in years Yay! that there's been a home playoff action in Toronto at the Dome. Yeah. Baseball in October. Six years. It's been six years, and I went to a playoff game that six years ago, and it was incredible. So I love that it's back again. And the Jays were trending for that reason, but also for the. 50-50 jackpot that was won, too, for the Jays Care Foundation, which is a great cause. That's wonderful. And you didn't have to be at the game to take part in the 50-50 draw. You could do this online. Then they announced the winner. $3.8 million and change. Yeah. You know, I read that and I thought, I buy these Lotto Max tickets and the odds of winning are like, what, 1 in yeah. 20 million or something yeah. like that? What are we doing? And, and the, the money that I paid into it doesn't actually go anywhere no. except to the government coffers, which eventually some of it gets redistributed to future mm-hmm. lottery winners. I should just buy 50-50 we tickets. We should do that. Let's just do that. And, I, and I'm saying small, big, and it's, char- and it's charity. Like, it's charitable. Jay's Care Foundation does a lot of good work. Uh, the winner, by the way, was Robert from Kitchener, Ontario, who we still don't know who that is. There's no last name given. But, hey, Robert, if you listen to this podcast by chance, good for you. Feel free to come on the podcast and talk about what you're going to do with your money. But I'm with you. I thought about even smaller uh, hockey organizations that do 50-50. Our own, you know, OHL teams that do 50-50 draws very often. And they, those do go to a good cause, whether you're supporting young people in hockey with, or families or various charities that they team up with. I think I'm going to go 50-50 as well. I already usually like to do like the sick kids lotteries, which I never win anything from, by the way. But any of those type of lotteries I like because I like the thought of helping. Well, still, yeah, I'm trying to help myself too. But it's a win-win. Interesting that you mentioned that. 
because you probably do have better odds playing like the Princess Margaret Home Lottery or the Sick Kids Lottery or right. the 50-50 from the Jays Care. Statistically, you probably have better odds. And it is nice that some of your money is going to a great cause. But don't they say there's like one in three odds of winning when you buy those hospital lottery tickets? And I buy one every year and I've never won a thing. Never usually, once. There's usually like an asterisk on that saying, like one in three. But then it's like, if you are, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you have a birthday on this day and you happen to whatever. It's, it's, and I don't believe it either. But I, again, it just makes me feel good to know, hey, I, I bought the Sick Kids lottery ticket or the, uh, which the catch, they do the, the catch the ace and all those other things for good causes. I'm doing that. I'm going to probably after this Lotto Max, by the way, tonight, I'm going to switch my, switch my whole process. And Your I'm gonna, strategy? My strategy's changing to Your try to be- Your financial plan? My attempt to be a millionaire <laughs> strategy. Cat's retirement plan, all is, changing. It's changing, but- after the Lotto Max, was it $117 million total left for grabs with Lotto Max? If you won all 48 if draws. If you won all of the draws, which you wouldn't. But I mean, that's a lot of money that's going to be dispersed to many people. So I'll, I'll get in on that and then I'll do the 50-50 thing and the charity thing only. Do you think Kim Kardashian did anything wrong by promoting crypto, by using her celebrity to promote a specific brand? Because I really don't know that this is something we should be ordering her to pay a fine for. See, and I, I mean, I do because it was pretty crystal clear and everybody knew the rule, whether you're an endorser of any, I mean, we even got a memo. You know what I mean? You endorse a product, you're being paid to sponsor something, endorse something, or just plain advertise something on your social media channels. You must make the viewers uh, aware that you are being paid for this. It's an ad. It's an endorsement. It's an endorsement. I just went through one recently. And you have to hashtag ad or you have to tag them as a paid partnership. Let the world know because otherwise, you know what this comes down to is just really gullible people who follow celebrity. This is the thing. People are being charged now for other people's gullibility. That's it. Well, and that's what it is. But at the same token, I understand why they wouldn't want those gullible people to give in even more. So if you saw, hey, this is a paid partnership with you know, whatever it is, like some Michael Coors, for example, like, okay, you got that purse for free. You're getting paid to do this. Why do I need to buy this? I'm, I don't make the same money as you do. I'm going to move on. We all have that choice to make. Yes, there are gullible people, but this, this rule, if you will, for social media was put into place semi-recently considering how long social media has been around because people kept getting either duped into it or paying money into it. And it just didn't seem fair because advertisers on your traditional radio or or television, you know that they're paying to put those ads out and you know the people on the TV promoting them are getting paid for it. You, social media was a, kind of a, a little bit of a gray area where you're not sure, wait a minute. Okay, so Scott's posting about, about these shoes he loves. Is he getting paid to do that? Well, you'd know if you see hashtag ad or that paid partnership. In this case, Kim Kardashian posted on social media about this crypto new coin. I don't even, I bet she doesn't even dabble in that shit, but she posted about it. Emax is what it's called. Emax coins, whatever. So she did not post a a specific sponsor, but here's the interesting part about it, Scott, is that there's no proof. There's no proof that she did get paid. Hmm. They found information that led them in the direction that she was getting paid for that. So the SEC looked into it and with whatever info they had ended up charging her finding her. But she could have come back with, oh no, I didn't get paid for that. Obviously she did because she agreed to pay the fine, which by the way, was like four times the amount of what she actually got paid. Reportedly, she got $250,000 to post this 
And she had to pay out like over $1.2 million. Yeah, the it was a settlement with the Securities and Exchange Commission, meaning they probably went in and said, yeah, we want $10 million. And she's like, fuck off. You'll, you'll get $1.26 million and we're not going to court. And that was the settlement. They do that sort of shit all the time. But you're right. She was only paid $250,000 to promote Emacs. And there was a non-compete agreement. She wasn't allowed to promote any other. Sorry, now there's a us clause that she can't promote any crypto assets for three years. So she lost three quarters of a million, actually almost a million dollars. And potential, and with the potential of more if she was planning on promoting any crypto. Right. And she can't do it for three years. So she's out money here. And frankly, it's a silly thing. Hey, Kim Kardashian's advertising a crypto. If you think, oh fuck, I better buy some because Kim Kardashian's endorsing it. That's a choice that you make. That's a choice you make. You don't need to know what Kim's getting paid. You don't need to know that Kim got paid to promote that. You need to make a decision. Use your critical thinking. Hey, is this really a good investment? Do I really want to take investment advice from Kim Kardashian? Maybe. She's a billionaire or almost a billionaire. Very successful businesswoman. There's a lot of reason to take her word for it. It's also her reputation on the line. If this crypto tanks, then you know Kim credibility has taken a big hit. Mm-hmm. So she took a risk there too. I don't know that she should be ordered to pay $1.26 because somebody who thinks she's got a great ass decided to buy crypto and lost some money on it. That's ridiculous. All because she didn't disclose that she was getting paid for it? I mean, but that's I find that to be bullshit. I, I hear you, but that's the rule. Like, that is how it is now. What else, What are you going to do? I mean, are we going to all try to band together and fight the rule? Well, the thing is- I don't want to get fined. Hey, listen, the people who make these rules are very secretive about how much money they make, what their investments are. Sure. But if it's a celebrity, people have every right to know their business? Fuck that. No way. I'm with you, Kim. And, and Kim says she agreed to the settlement because it'll allow her to avoid a protracted dispute in court and just move forward with her many different business pursuits. I yeah. don't know if she was going to try and fight it anyway, but she doesn't want to go to court, no. pay the fine, listen, probably save millions. Listen, let this be a lesson, and it probably was to Kim. She took the money because it's money, and I get it. Hey, she uh, yes, she's a, almost she's a billionaire, technically speaking. If she sold all her shit, she's a billionaire. Yes, she's going to live more than comfortably for the rest of her life, so are her children. But it's just that. She also does have children. And if she can make a deal and get an extra $250,000 here and an extra $500,000, we all would do it. We'd all do it. But let this be a lesson to her to stay in a lane. I think that there's too many celebrities, too, that are just like, yeah, I'll do that. I don't know why uh, on God's green earth she decided not to put ad on there if she did get paid for it, because she'd fight this if this wasn't the case. She did. She didn't put ad. Where's Momager at? Chris, Chris should know better. But no matter who you are, Kim Kardashian or a, a, a radio person personality, you also have to understand the rules of the game. And those are the rules. And it's sometimes there's shitty rules. But stay in the lane and make sure that you believe in what you're doing and you know something about what you're promoting. Or else shit could happen. Can I just say, though, that as a broadcaster who does get offered endorsements from time to time, I at least have a little integrity in that I'm not going to endorse something unless I truly endorse it. I did that. I think the last one I did was Manscaped. I love that fucking razor. It will shave your nuts so close (laughs) without cutting you. It's amazing. That's what I'm saying. Stay in a lane. She's not really doing that. She knows fashion. You know, she knows law now. There's a few things that she's potentially good at, or at least people think that she's good at. So stay in your lane. If someone offered me a crypto... No, I'm not fucking do that. I, I mean, I dabble in crypto, but I'm no pro. I'm not pro at it at all. I'm not doing that. 
A beer. Yeah, I know that. Wine. Yeah. Like, sign me up. Let's do this. Some kind of other thing that relates to my life. Absolutely. I'm in. Sounds good. I like it. I know it. I understand the product. I'm well aware of its history. But if you come at me, some sketchy business, and it's happened before that I've turned it down. Me too. Where I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. I don't know if this is legit. Oh, but part goes to charity. I don't fucking know that. Give me the details. Yeah. You, you were brand new. No, thank you. And I've turned it down before. Mm-hmm. So, Kim didn't, <laughs> or her management team. I don't know who's behind it or what was posted. I didn't see it. But these celebrities and these people who endorse for a living, a lot of them are social media influencers. Let this be a lesson. So let me give you an example here before we move on to the cheating thing, because it's a really great segment and it's coming up next. La Casa Dolce is a bakery in Mississauga, and I've known the brothers that, that own it for years. I like to support them, and I love their food. Uh, they make great cakes. They and, do make good and, stuff. And all sorts of stuff. Yeah. They're in Mississauga at Queensway and Cothra. Yeah. So knowing that Thanksgiving is crazy busy for them, they only do like pre-orders leading up to the big day, but also wanting to support my friends, I posted about their business on Instagram the other day. I did that because yeah. I've tried it, and I like it. Sure. I know them, and I want to support them. Maybe people saw that and thought, oh, it's an endorsement. It wasn't an endorsement. I don't get paid for it. In fact, I've asked them to not give me anything for free. I've asked them, please charge me. I want to support your business, your friends. I don't need a free pumpkin pie. In fact, charge me extra because I want to support. If they had paid me for that, I don't think that's any of anybody else's business other than the CRA. I don't know why I would have to disclose that I got paid to do it because I do know them. I do believe in it and I do love their food. People do it all the time without getting caught doing it, um, accepting payment. Now, if you accept service or food, I don't believe this even counts under that umbrella. You're small fish. If you're like, okay, I got, you know, donuts for, to post about this. Nobody, it's fine. A service. Um, you the know, donuts are amazing. You go, they are good, actually. <laughs> but, you know, you go, you go do a service and you're like, hey, I, I got, you know, whatever. Um, my... <laughs> my legs waxed at this salon or I got this hairstyle. That's happened before too, where I've received hair services and I posted about it. That doesn't count. It's, it's paid endorsement. And I think it's pretty specific, but you're really small fish. No one's going to go after you and fine you. This is, we're talking about a, a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot different. But regardless of that, all of that shit aside, how much money you get, what you're endorsing aside, you are the consumer. And you're absolutely right, Scott. Make choices for yourself. Don't get things just because that, I don't understand. It's not common sense, you know? And I'm not sure if it's the young people that that's where the problem lies. They grew up in this world of whatever this influencer says I'm going to do. Um, Because some of the products turn out to be fine. Some people endorse products that you're like, yeah, I really like that. And I'm glad that Chrissy Teigen introduced me to this thing. (laughs) You know, like, fine, whatever. But just know know yourself, do your research before you spend money on something. And I think that that's... That's a very good thing to know across the board for anybody. Last thing I'll mention. I know I said we would get to the cheating thing, but one more thing. Today is, in addition to National Taco Day, National Vodka Day. Best vodka. Go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm not a vodka expert by any means, but I'm going to go smear not. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, you know what, though? I'm glad you said that. I am glad you said that. I wanted to piss people off by saying obviously smear off. Okay. I'm going to say a couple things here that are not going to be popular. I'll give you my actual answer after you do this, because I do have an answer for this. There's some people who are vodka snobs without actually having tried enough vodka and without knowing uh, what good vodka should actually taste like. Now, me, on the other hand, and I'm not trying to brag, I am bad 
at a lot of shit. I'm pretty good when it comes to vodka. I believe you, because you're a martini guy, too. And I think that that takes a, a, a good vodka sense it, to, to be a martini person. There's three criteria to be a vodka. It's got to be colorless, odorless, tasteless. Ah, I've never had a tasteless vodka. That's the thing, right? It's almost a little bit of irony. Yeah. It, it's more about how it affects your tongue than anything else. Right. However, when it comes to vodka, highly underrated, absolute. Smirnoff. They're both fine. Not great, but they're both fine. And people like to shit on Smirnoff. And I think that's because of the bottle service evolution where they'll sell you a bottle of Smirnoff for like 200 bucks, even though you can get it at the LCBO for 40 and it's always the cheapest one. Mm -hmm. So people make fun of it. Oh, you didn't want to get the Ciroc. Oh, you didn't want to get the Goose. Let me tell you something about Grey Goose. Grey Goose is fine, but it's not great. It's certainly not as good as all the hype would imply. Grey Goose is a vodka you mix with something. If you want a vodka and soda, throw Grey Goose in there. You want a vodka Red Bull? Go ahead and get your goose on. Yeah. If you want a martini, straight vodka, a little bit of vermouth, maybe a slightly little bit dirty, there is nothing wrong with an absolute martini. It's not my favorite, but I'll drink a Smirnoff martini. I'd rather pay $12 for a Smirnoff martini than $28 for a Grey Goose martini when Grey Goose isn't that great to begin with. Hot takes. I like this. Yeah. Very good. Ciroc, good vodka. Good vodka. Belvedere is a very good vodka. Kettle One is a great vodka. Crystal Head? Crystal Head is All right. very good I'm not going to say great, but very good. There's a bit of a dry, lingering thing that comes with, with Crystal Skull. It's good, and the bottle's neat, but mm, there's just something holding it back from, like, elite status. Okay. Around the world, though, there are a lot of people that like that. Sure. Um, there's And speaking of around the world, I mean, there's vodkas from everywhere, because I think a lot of people just associate vodka. They're like, oh, there's got to be a Russian vodka. The Polish have great vodka, sure too. They do. Yes. Um, I'm going to go Finlandia. Good. Decent vodka. good. Decent vodka. Yeah. That's a good it, take. I find it clean. I find it clean. And I don't use, I do not, again, I'm not a vodka expert and I don't drink it that often. But when I do, usually I get Finlandia. And it's too full too because it, it's clean. It's good. And, and I like the bottle. It's pretty. Tito's. Not great, oh, but Tito's. good. Oh, Tito's. Yeah, Tito's is good with uh, Moscow Mules. If you're going to yeah. do that, that's a great combo. Now you're talking. That's a great combo. And, and, if, you're, and if you're like, ah, it's too much sugar for me, get the Zevia ginger beer you, you, with the Tito's vodka, a little bit of lime juice or splash of lemon juice. It's great. Shit, we're out of time. Fuck. I know. No, we're not. Are you serious? No, okay. It's close. It's close. All right, listen. There's an article in BuzzFeed. 15 questions. This is great, actually. To listen to this segment with your partner. In fact, if you're on your way home right now, maybe press pause and wait till you get home. And you can go through all 15 of these and both of you weigh in on it. Is it cheating if? Because you might be surprised on what you do agree on and what you don't agree on. Because one thing is very clear from the answers that came in from all the people surveyed is we don't agree on much here. So try this out. Cat, is it cheating? If you kiss somebody on the cheek, I haven't seen you in ages. And I'm like, cat, mwah, mwah. Yeah, no, I'm going to say no to that. Only 7% say that is cheating. What if I kissed you on the lips? Like, oh my God, I missed you. <laughs> is that cheating? I'm going to say yes. 
I'll say inappropriate, not necessarily cheating, okay. depending on who it is. Okay, inappropriate, I mean, and cheating, are we going to categorize them that way? I mean, it leans more toward cheating, I think. 73% say it is cheating if it's a kiss on the lips. Even if it's just a little peck, like, ah, I missed you. Mwah. Right. No. Yeah, no. No, che- no, you can't. It's cheating. Scrolling through Tinder when you're bored, but not actually messaging anybody. <laughs> That one makes me laugh. Why do you have Tinder still? If you're in a relationship, why do you even have it? A backup. It, staying on there, though? Just re-sign up again. Are we that lazy? Do you know how much effort it is to redo the bio and upload Are the photos again? Are you still on You lose all your chat. I was never on Tinder. Never oh, on Tinder. Are you still on any of the dating websites? I was never apps? on. I'll None tell you something. I actually had no problem meeting women. I don't understand why so many people rely on the apps because... I go, and I'm not, I'm nothing special. I'm just a short, fat little guy. And I have no problem talking to women or approaching them or, and arranging dates. Yeah, you, you met your girlfriend at a wedding. So that's great. I mean, that's, a, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you could meet people everywhere. You're right. I think, I don't know. People are afraid I, to talk to people uh, now. Maybe, that's the problem. Maybe. I don't want to sound old saying that, but maybe. These young people don't like talking to other people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're scrolling through Tinder. You're not messaging anybody. It, it's like going through yeah. Amazon and adding to your wish list, but not actually clicking purchase. Except you're talking, about, you're talking about a relationship. You're judging people. You're purposely going out of your way to look at the photo of people who you might find attractive and see if you're attracted to them. You are asking for trouble. That is absolutely in the cheating category for me. say if you're going through Tinder, even if you're not messaging, it is cheating. 47%. That means the majority think it's okay to scroll. If you do message someone, 87% say you have cheated on your significant other. So you can look, but don't reach out. Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And again, how far into a relationship are you with the person you're with? Because I think that factors in too. Like, I mean, if you're dating someone for a month and you still have Tinder, that, okay, fine. Of course, some people don't get around to deleting it right away. But are you in a serious relationship? Like, can, can we all do this prefacing like it's been a year that you've been in a relationship? Because that matters to me. Like, that makes a difference. Okay. Hugging someone very closely and very slowly, like more of a, a sensual hug. What, who, uh, in what scenario would you give anyone a sensual hug who was not your significant other? Mm. Like a funeral is the only thing that comes to mind where I might give a long hug. Like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, they, and you hug for long. That's not a sensual place. And that is not a place where you should try to pick up. Nurse who stitches you up after you cut your finger. Yes. You go to the hospital. Thank you so much. And a nice lingering hug. Is that cheating? Oh, that's creepy, man. Oh, it's super it's creepy. It's super yeah. creepy. I, I don't know if I'd call it cheating, I guess, but it's it's weird and creepy and uncomfortable. It's very creepy. It's the Joe Biden hug. That's what he yeah. does. <laughs> yes. It's very much a politician right. hug. It's slow and creepy. 14% say if you do that to somebody, that's cheating. The rest think that's okay. Okay. Sending someone a revealing photo. Could be a nude. Yes. That's cheating. 94% agree that if you send a photo of yourself, you are cheating. Good, 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 good. Giving someone a massage. No context. If I went home to my girlfriend and said, I gave Kat a massage today. Yeah, what would she say to that? She would. Well, she wouldn't believe me because she knows. Yeah, she knows. She knows. But I mean... I, I'm to tell you right now, my my. She'd probably say, "Cat wouldn't let you fucking yeah. <laughs> touch her. Get out of here, you liar." <laughs> I, I could tell you, my husband would think that that was 
absolutely inappropriate. If I was like, yeah, you know, one of my coworkers uh, was a little stressed out, gave him a little massage, he felt better. You, he would stop everything. What the fuck did you just say? Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call, call it extremely inappropriate, borderline cheating, because I know it's cheating is one of those weird words where for some people it means something and others it doesn't. It's it's it crosses the line. We'll put it that way. That crosses a line. Okay. Now what if I was watching Doctor Oz? And Dr. Oz showed me that if you take your two, uh, your index finger and your middle finger, (laughs) and you put it right at the (laughs) spin, and you just curl them up a little bit. No, I'm kidding. And and Dr. Oz says if you take those two fingers and you put it right at the base of your skull and rub them counterclockwise and and just alternate fingers pressing a little bit of pressure, that'll make a a migraine go away. And I know this because I saw it on Dr. Oz. And you say, oh my God, I've got a migraine coming on. And I say, hey, fuck, I know how to fix that. Hold still. And I do that. Is that cheating or is that just helping out a coworker? Yeah, I mean, again, it's like it's it's like it's a borderline. I wouldn't call it cheating, I guess. I'll be I don't think I'd call it cheating. If but it's, it's medical. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I blew him, but it was totally medical, honey. I, I it, was, it was a medical, medical DJ. thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, you needed it. Balls didn't even go all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> Flirting with that cute barista at Starbucks. Oh, flirt! Flirtation is a is a it's a gray area. It is a gray area, and it's very important. You have a conversation, like you said, it's so important. If couples are listening to this, that you solidify what is and isn't cheating, because for some people, that flirtation is is knocking on a door and waiting for the other person to open it into something inappropriate. Just flirting, like. Hey, oh, I, I love your your smock looks extra sexy today. <laughs> Whatever. If you say words like that, like ask yourself the reason why you're doing it. Like, why are you flirting with the barista to begin with? Because that would be more concerning than the actual action of the flirting. You know what I mean? I'm overly nice sometimes, particularly to servers. And I've been accused of flirting. Mm-hmm. And, and I never thought I was I've seen flirting it firsthand, and you are flirtatious with servers. I'm, I'm just nice. I, I like you're servers. nice, to, and don't get me, get it twisted because you're nice to male servers as well. It's not like you're not nice to someone who you probably don't find attractive. But I could see how someone would take it as flirtation. Interesting. Okay, hooking up with someone else while you're on a break with your current ah. partner. There's been. An entire season of Friends dedicated to this sure, question. Sure, sure. We were on a break. Does that mean a break, whereas in you're free to do what you want? Or is a break just a break from each other, but not a break from the actual commitment of this relationship? What is one of the most important things in a relationship? Communication. communication. So to communicate and understand those things before you go on said break is important. Hey, you know what? I'm not sure if this relationship is for us. We're not sure what, where things are going. Let's take a break from it and see what else is out there. Yeah, you do whatever you want and slip whatever you want into whatever you want. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, you're all good. If the other person says, you know, oh, let's just take, let's just take some time apart, but we're still together. Like we're still in a relationship. That's different. So make sure that you communicate that and be clear so that there's no fighting about it. Like ground like, rules. Ground rules. But if you're on a break, like you're taking a break and you may or may not get back together. You don't really know. Maybe not. Seeing other people, I think, is is a process and a, potentially an important process to go through to see if that relationship was worth it. So I think that it is not cheating. I think it's okay. We're talking about various scenarios, 15 in total. Is it cheating? We're halfway through the list. Sharing a bed with someone, but you don't actually do anything. 
Is that cheating? That's a, a, a I need context. Okay, I'll give I you. I need context with that because yes, but like, how did you end up in the bed in the first place? Well, we had uh, we we read this this morning on our FM radio show. A person texted in and said, "I found out after the fact that my best friend slept in the same bed as my boyfriend. They didn't do anything, but it still bothered me." Yeah. How did they end up in bed together? That must have been like a too drunk, didn't want to drive thing, yeah. with something like that. But like, I'll give you another example. Yeah. We go away on business, and oh my God, they screwed up the reservation. There's only one hotel room. We're going to have to share a room, and it's only got a king bed. And we're not going to do anything, but we both have to sleep. So you share a bed. Yeah, you find ways around it, though, if you're if, if it's important to you to not be in that scenario sharing a bed. And I think it's, it is one of those things that that definitely crosses a line. Mm-hmm. Like, no question about it, that crosses a line. That calls for a, a talk with your with your partner. But there's so many ways around that. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you were in that dire of a situation, let's say I'm drinking, I am at a party, and I feel like passing out. I certainly can't drive. Uh, Uber's not coming for a long time. I'm going to pass out. I don't need to pass out in that person's bed. There's a lot of different places that you can set up a little bed somewhere. Like, don't give that excuse. There's cots. There's got to be an extra mattress somewhere. Or can't you just figure something out, makeshift a bed, be uncomfortable for a night just to not put yourself in that situation? Lots of options. Lots Absolutely. Of options. If you're going to do it, you at least give your partner a heads up. Like, hey, here's the scenario. Uh, uh, such and such. Cat uh, was at the, the party here at our place and she passed out in my bed. I'm going to go to See? bed, but she's passed out. So there's nothing's going to happen here. Could I say that? I don't think that's going to fly. No. Again, it's to crawl into bed with somebody who's not your significant other, knowing that you're in the same bed, it's a, it's, for me, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. And I've been in that scenario before where I have been drinking and slept on a couch. I'm not going to crawl into that person's bed. Uh, it's, some people are inconsiderate. Some people are inconsiderate. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the couch. I don't even need a blanket. Fuck it. I'm good. So there's no, to me, there's no excuse. It, it does cross a line minimum for me, there'd be a lot of questions that would follow why you did that. Only 17% said that was cheating. Quick one. Wow. Holding hands with somebody. I don't know why you would hold hands with someone that isn't your partner. I don't That's get that kind either. of an intimate thing. It's strange. 28% say it's cheating. 42% say it depends on why you're holding hands. Telling someone, I'd totally hook up with you if I was single. Is that cheating? <gasps> See, that's a knock. You know, if that, I didn't have a girlfriend, <laughs> I'd give it to you good. Yeah, that's a knock on the door. That's another one of those knock on the door. Let's see what's inside. And you could get and you could get shot down, right? And how many times does that happen? I'm sure that happens a lot where someone's like, oh, it's too bad. You're taken. Da, 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 da. And, and all it takes is for you to be like, well, what if I wasn't? And boom, you're in inappropriate territory. So yeah, you're knocking on the door. It's not appropriate. I I hate using the word cheating there, but it's certainly inappropriate. 35% say it is cheating if you're in a relationship and tell someone else, if I was single, yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh, the things I would do to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky. You were going to get it. <laughs> Fucking gross. I know. It sounds awful when you put you're it like that. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Hanging out with your ex, not telling your partner. Is that cheating? Yep. 34% say it's definitely cheating. Others aren't sure. You know where I stand you know where I, I know where you, you stand, stand on that. I know. Why are you not telling your partner that you were with your ex? It is a totally different scenario if you were like, hey, you know, I'm going to catch up with drinks with this person I dated, whatever, and you told your partner. 
Complete, and she's like, cool, go, have fun. Totally different. But what, what are the reasons why you're not telling them? Again, I feel like that's a little tap on the old door. Let's see what's inside here after the, all these years. Watching porn. Ah, this is a fun. This is a, a fu- fun one. I agree because, with you because because everybody thinks because for example, let's go back to what you said: S- nudes, sending nudes. Yeah, not okay, right? Most right. people said cheating. I bet you this is different because oh, well, you don't know the person, so it's okay if you watch them. You know, getting railed from behind, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But you know the person, that's different. So why is that? Porn is, um, I think. Uh, I'm just asking, generally speaking, because we're talking about you know both seeing other other people naked that you're not in a relationship with. Yeah, I, I think porn is not cheating. I'll say that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I think that porn is an outlet for a lot of people, and and it's that visual stimulation that a lot of people need for a lot of different sure. reasons. Some people like to rub one out before they go to sleep because they sleep great after they do. Maybe they need a little porn to get things going. Uh, Some people watch porn because they're honestly addicted to it, and I can see how that would happen. They just watch a lot of it. Some people watch porn because they want to get turned on and they want to have a fun night with their partner later. Some people know that their partner doesn't like it, but they do like it, and you're allowed to like what you like. That's all there is to it. It's a fetish for some people watching porn, and in some cases, it's an outlet. There's people who like certain shit, that they're not going to do with their partner, with the, the mother or father of their kids, right? but they like seeing it done. Yeah, so I'm going to guess that a lot of people agree with you, actually, and I'm going to say most people said that they do not believe watching porn is cheating. 92% say it's not cheating. There you go. But 8% feel it is. So, hey, before you whip out the well, porn with your new partner, you might want to run it by them just to find out if they're part of the 8%. You know what? Know how they feel about it. If it really is important to you that you want to watch it for all the reasons that Scott mentioned or other reasons... Talk to your partner about it. Maybe you can come up with a solution of, hey, they, they'd be okay watching, but <laughs> but it has to be about this specific genre, right? I mean, you can't go into this territory or that territory. You can only watch this. Okay, fine. If that makes you comfortable, I'll only watch. Really? Restrictive genres? I- <laughs> what, are we going to put parent controls on it too? Well, well, imagine your partner watched some weird shit. Like... Maybe that would be weird, right? Knowing like, okay, wait a minute, you got turned on by that? Like I need, and and then it could cause issues. So I'm just saying like, watch it with your partner. A lot of people do that. But, but to know the genre might be, might be good. What if you like lesbian porn and your partner does not like lesbian porn? That creates an awkward thing, right? Well, you can't watch it. Then you probably don't watch that together. You watch something that's, like I said, fair for, for both parties. Can I ask though? Like, hey, can I watch the, the lesbian stuff when you're not around? Yeah, sure. Oh, you can ask. We have that conversation yeah, about yeah. what you can and can't watch on porn? Know. I don't know. There should be nothing that you can't ask. Of course. What if she says no? Then you're just never allowed to watch lesbians Oh, that's again? true too. Yeah, that's true. Careful maybe, what you maybe ask. You don't wanna, <laughs> maybe yeah. you don't want to ask. You, you can't put the toothpaste Wait, back can. in the tube. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Once she says no, it's like, well, oh. fuck me for Damn asking, it. right? <laughs> That's when you start downloading things that are definitely not lesbian porn. <laughs> Watched 16 times this week. <laughs> Did you rename this video? Then you got to go back to your old, old, old computer and clean out some folders <laughs> and shit. <laughs> okay, there's three more. Sliding into somebody's DMs. Is that cheating? Flirty message yeah. that you send off. Yeah. Only 62% said it's cheating. I think there's a lot of people who draw a distinction between physical and emotional cheating. Yeah, th- and that seems impo- like it. I think that that's an important thing to just, to, to figure out is emotional cheating for a lot of people. Yes, it doesn't involve physical touch. Some people will be like, "Oh, it's only cheating if you have sex with someone or you kiss someone or you put their tongue in there, or whatever." 
Kate, but there's lots of other ways that you can cheat. And it's still hurtful, right? It could still be hurtful to that person to be emotionally attached. We've heard of so many times, so many times from people who have found out their partner has an emotional connection with someone else and is very close to someone at work, a neighbor, whatever it might be, an old friend. And you're like, oh, you talk to them about this. You don't even talk to me about that. That stings like that in a way for them is cheating. And again, the definition of cheating, it can be very vague for some people, but that's still very hurtful just as much as if potentially your partner said, yeah, I had sex with that person. It could be just the same if, hey, I stayed up all night talking to them on the phone. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Uh, That's emotional. That's emotional cheating. Uh, Speaking of which, along those lines, number 14 on the is it cheating list. Is it cheating if you have sex with somebody else? (laughs) Okay, Tell me it was 100% of people said that was cheating. 99% feel having sex with somebody is cheating. Well, not everyone's in a monogamous relationship. So whoever said that was the 1%, yeah. How do you have that conversation? I'd like to date you, but not exclusively. I'd like to marry you, but not exclusively. Yeah. I think that people just, I don't know how it works. I don't know how they just begin to realize, but there's a lot of people that work that way. They'll have rules though. Last scenario. Your partner has been in a coma for months. Oh, this is getting deep and dark, isn't it? Here we go. They might not wake up. You decide to have sex with somebody else. Oh my gosh. Did you cheat? Oh my gosh. I mean, I would feel so, that would be so, you'd feel so guilt-ridden, wouldn't you? Well, how long do you have to wait? They've been in a coma for months and we don't even know if they're going to come out of it. I mean, is this your partner for life? Like, is this someone who's maybe been the mother or father of your children? Or, I mean, all those things probably do matter. Or is this some guy you dated a couple of times and then he fell and he fell somewhere and he banged his head and he's been in a coma? Like, that to me is different. Context is potentially key here. Let's say it is your partner and they're in a a committed relationship. That's that's cheating. But they're in a coma. They might oh, never yeah, wake is, up. You know, like, How long do you wait? Who's next to Ken? Get the plug pulled if you really can't wait any longer. <laughs> and you won't feel so bad. <laughs> Either wake him up or pull the plug. But I'm horny here. Something's got to happen. One or the other. <laughs> or nurse, leave the room because you're not going to like what you see. I can't do it with this other person. <laughs> do you have any room? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have a great Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of After 9. The Vatican Pope Francis met with Apple CEO Tim Cook. I guess when you're the Pope and have tech issues, that's who they send. (laughs) (laughs) Disney World fully reopened to its normal hours over the weekend after Hurricane Ian, and it's pretty much the same, except now the whole place smells like wet goofy. (laughs) I read that due to inflation, single Americans are going on fewer dates. You know it's bad when your date says, this could have been a Zoom. (laughs) Chipotle is set next month to begin testing its new kitchen robot named Chippy. And to give you the authentic Chipotle experience, the robot will be high as hell. (laughs) The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.